know that the Esplanade was meant to be a microphone? Really? Microphone. No, no, for real, for real? real? Yeah, for real, for real. What? And Ion is a disco ball, let's not forget that. Okay, anyway. Yeah, continue. Oh, oh, I need to process that. It's a <laughs> microphone. Yeah. Is it really that difficult to be successful in Singapore? This is your daily catch-up. Of course not. Look at us. <laughs> this episode is done in collaboration with Forward Singapore. I think it's no secret to all of us that our society can sometimes have very narrow definitions of success and that may or may not work out for all of us. True. So today we're going to be talking about our personal struggles pursuing success in Singapore and how we can change that. And we have with us Donovan again. Yeah, he's to, back! To help us with this discussion. Let's go with his long sleeve shirt. He's a familiar face and he has way more knowledge on this topic than all of us combined. And so, a new haircut. Yeah, boy. Let's Thank go. you, Donovan, for being here. Happy Woo. to be back here. DC. But we're missing Jonathan. Where is he? I, I saw on in uh, Instagram he's in Trump Tower having fun. Yeah, he, he bought a mega hat. <laughs> a mega? Maga. You think he will buy for us? <laughs> yeah, does he think about his friends when he's away? Hmm. He texted me though. About like, how are you? That kind of thing. <laughs> like, he checked in. Yeah. They're like, whoa, who told you to do this? Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, so just like how John and, uh, and us are in two different places. <laughs> this Reddit thread <laughs> asks, does anyone feel like there are two Singapores? One for the wealthy privileged class and one for ordinary folks. So this was up on like asked Singapore about two months ago and he's talking mm. about how from young we are kind of told that if we work hard in school get good grades land a good job right then we can in a sense like get rich or like be successful in Singapore but he has this feeling that like despite doing all of that right there's just this gap between him and his richer friends that were like born into wealth that just cannot be closed yeah so I think like maybe something that I'm curious about is like what do you all feel like have been your starting points in life right and has that affected you growing up or how has that affected you growing up? I see the excitement Donovan to quickly no, I just, respond I was to just going to say, if it's from Reddit Singapore, it must be from the beacon of truth, right? That's where the... the yeah, it's from user slash white gist 2022. <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. Nice. And I mean, the topic that this Reddit thread in particular, they're bringing up, it plays to, I mean, let's not say play, but it's certainly a liberal concern, right? Like for the downtrodden, for the privileged... Uh, I don't you know, it was just a curious thought. So people always tell me it's a radio is a liberal echo chamber. I never saw it, but then I I I am starting to see it. Um yeah. But I, I guess it depends because like if you click on certain topics and the topics is clearly a bit for that kind of liberal conversations, mm. then I think it's going to attract that crowd. But once you get to like certain like different topics where I think it's a bit more moderate. I, the, the great thing about Reddit, I think, is that it self-moderates itself. But the topic of today is not about Reddit. It's about that post. <clears throat> Do you believe that there's two Singapore's? Based on your personal starting points in life. Wow, I don't know. Eh. Like from what I've seen so far, right? Or even growing up, to me, it's you create your own opportunities. I think there are so many opportunities to do a lot of things. And also like, today, I feel like anybody can suddenly pop off and be successful doing a bunch of their shit. But obviously in Singapore, lah, yep. right? Because we have a lot of like a hit start in terms of like us being in this first world country and whatnot, right? Mm. So I, I do think that it's very, very possible. I don't see it as like a, oh shit, lah, I'm born into a less well-to-do, less well-to-do mm. family then because of that I cannot, I stuck, you know? 
My standard response is it depends, but also because like if you if you watch Crazy Rich Asians, it's actually not that far fetched that these one percent do exist. And like having been to second like international school, I have like grazed amongst social circles that actually are part of that kind of wealth, and it skewed like my thinking of what Singapore was for a very long time because like seeing all my friends being part of like I would say maybe the top five percent of Singapore. Um, but I would say that I'm a firm believer in capitalism and I think Singapore is a great beacon of that and I think if there is something that you are able to, like a problem that you're able to solve you'll be well rewarded for it in if not Singapore in the region like, in which Singapore has become the HQ for many places it should be said that not every entrepreneur gets that success and you have to be that lucky 2% or, or 1% of entrepreneurs to get that success but it's still possible but you see like if we're talking about like narrow definitions of success right Fair does enough. your example not fall straight into that because we're talking about this only if I come up with a idea that like no one has done before right or that I've managed to popularize in some way mm. and that I can get rich off of that yep. but then like for the, a lot of us, that's not the case for... So, so sorry, sorry. I just need to add one more point. That that idea of, of what I felt success was is mm. something that I've I've since changed like in my the later years of my life. Like, because mm. this is simply a financial definition of success. Yeah. But if you take finance away, then how do you be successful as a human being? I think that's a completely different conversation. So how yeah. are we defining success? Or like how what, what do you guys think would be a more appropriate definition mm. for success? Is I mean, it happiness? I, I feel like even if you take the money out of the definition of success, right? It always feels like it boils down back to something that resembles that. Mm. So for example, right? Probably most people would agree with me that someone who is successful is someone who, uh, let's say you start like a, 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 a charity or some kind of like uh, advocacy movement that helps like the downtrodden. You're not rich. You're not like in Forbes 30 under 30. Mm. I hate that list. But then <laughs> you it's rigged. You are covered by Straits Times. You're covered by CNA. And then it's like, that's successful, right? Because you're reputable. Yeah. And reputation is, uh, or, or like being under the limelight is typically correlated with uh, successful, being rich, uh, being, you know, people by know products you. La. They are yeah. byproducts. Yeah. 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 And you have opportunities. People will invite you to speak. People will invite you to be like on their company's advisory board, etc. It opens up doors la, essentially for other things. And yeah. even if it's not correlated, like even if your fame doesn't necessarily mean that you're rich or you're not famous because you're rich, it sometimes compensates for that. Mm. Mm. But, then, but then you see, right? Those are not metrics. Those are byproducts. Sure. Right? So if you boil it down to the metrics of success, then it's so fluid and it really depends then on what you are trying to aim for. And that's why when I talk about like being a, like being, even being a human being, right? Like what does that even mean? Right? And then a lot of the time it's about purpose. A lot of people talk about the human experience and we talk about finding purpose, right? To me that, if you can identify a purpose and then you can work towards it mm. and you achieve it somehow or, mm. or, or you, you take one step forward for it, right? Mm. And help it progress, then does that look like success to you? You know? Mm. I mean, definitely, right? Uh, you know, like, what we consider successful depends on what your purpose is, right? Mm. If my goal in life is to fold as many paper aeroplanes as possible, I can fold a billion paper aeroplanes, but people will probably think like I'm some kind of like wacko, right? But 
Who else has folded yeah. a one billion aeroplanes, right? I'm considered super successful in my own mm. terms of mm. what yeah. I want to do, right? That's them, Mr. Beast, yeah. But at yeah, the end of the day, it, it, it is recognition, it? right? Because you do want to be recognized for that. Hopefully, you do want to get some kind of world yeah, yeah, record. Exactly, right? So, so, like, coming back to the question of, like, what is success? It's not about what other people perceive you to be or not uh, be. It's what whether it aligns with what your own goals are, mm. right? Whether your goals are something completely mundane, stupid, possibly even like racist or, or like harmful to people, right? But does that definition only make sense, right? When we look at it, when we look at ourselves as individuals, you know what I mean? But because the fact is that we live in a society, we live in a practical world, right? Like does that then require us to define success differently? You know what I mean? Yeah, but so much so- This is a good like, question, yeah. I, I think for the most part, when it comes to a human being and its purpose, right? After you hit a certain point, I mean, if you are that self-aware and you are really like introspective and whatnot, right? At a certain point, you realize that the purpose that you are striving for is to serve something bigger than yourself. And that's how it, to me, like, a lot of time, that's where it fits back into society. That's where you take all those other factors in, external factors. So, I, I get what you're trying to say when, it's, when it's, it does boil down to it being very individualistic. But I think mm. that's a very early stage mm. ver- version of a person. Yeah. Mm. A bit idealistic, no? To like, yeah. purely based on purpose. I feel like it's a combination of different things. La. I think it could be a metric where there's finance aspect, there's reputation and recognition, there is a sense of purpose and then it is any one of that combination. So like, if you're really, really rich but you're not famous and you're not recognized for it and there's no purpose, you might be, you might be happy with your success because that's fine. Mm. And then for those who don't have that monetary value but actually found a lot of purpose in what they're doing, then that's also successful. And I think it's just across that that tree like, yeah. or maybe more. I think maybe just for myself personally, I think it's a bit difficult to divorce the monetary aspect from success. Because even if I, as in, even if money is not my end goal, it's the clear means. Mm. You know what I mean? But again, right, it goes back to that, like it being a byproduct. Like I, I get that when you have, when you achieve something already and money is a byproduct, then maybe that uh, it becomes a tool that you can then use yeah. to scale, yeah. right? Yeah. But it's it's never the actual goal itself. Sure. So it was like, the first question that you had. It was about uh, whether we feel based on where we started. Yeah, like how, do you feel like your starting point has impacted you? Or like, do you feel like, so I would right. say that most of us came from quite a privileged background, right? For like sure. we're not low income. So then do you feel like that has set you up better than peers that you feel like have not been as privileged as, as we have. Yeah. I, I definitely feel that I, based on my upbringing or background, I definitely had more opportunities. I had way more doors and I wasn't forced into a, into the job that I have today. Like I know that if I wanted to, based on the grades I had and based on the education that I was thankfully afforded, mm. I could have gone into finance, I could have gone into consulting, I could have gone into a bunch of different things and having that option alone, not everyone has that option. In the end, I got to choose and I'm, and I'm happy with the choice. La. So I think I'm fortunate in that, in that sense. Mm. A lot of people can end up where I am today, but their doors would have been more limited in that sense. La. So I don't take that for granted. Yeah. I get what you're trying to say. Like, like last time I said this before, right? Like when I was younger, I only want to date girls that are richer, <laughs> wealthier. Because <laughs> I felt like they are just simply based on their upbringing and their surroundings, their perspective and approach towards life is actually different. Mm. And yeah. because they are, they don't have to care about like just surviving and then they have, they can dream bigger and all that kind of shit. Lah. But I think having lived, right? And, 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 and in my adult life and like having working, and starting, I've seen people that go from like a low income background and horrible like mm. circumstances, right? And then they've 
become very very successful on their own. Yeah. So this what's like an example or like what changed for them? I think there's a certain hunger that that for something that they're pursuing. J.K. Rowling. Uh, First example that comes to mind: yeah. Red Riches, single mom on welfare, put herself up, and just became like a freaking billionaire, right? Um, mm. That that is like probably the the de facto. Uh, the quintessential example of what um, Jesus Christ. Like, you use the synonym but the synonym is not downtrodden and quintessential the perf- picture perfect example for what oh. Oh. someone pulls themselves up right yeah yeah, yeah I it's think so impressive and, and I, I think even though that is a very very good example that everybody can relate to it's still so far away right mm. and it's like people say like, I want in a million you know that kind of thing yeah. but yeah. when you look around your own social circles and you do see people that like like this person, like the background Tuiyuan, right? But then maybe because yeah. they chose, like for example, the right course to study, then mm. they go into the right industry that pays very, very well. And then they make more than me, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like stories like that to me are very real. Yeah. And then that and makes me feel like, oh, actually, okay, right? there's opportunity. And, and, and also, yeah. I would say that those are the stories that matter, right? Especially mm. when you're talking public policy or when you're like trying to answer uh, the question on this Reddit thread is the average people rather than the JK Rowlings mm. and the people on the margin, right? Um, I mean, there's no doubt that in Singapore, I mean, in anywhere, that uh, if you're born in a, in a, let's say even middle-income family, you're, you're much more be- in a better position to go and be more quote-unquote successful in the system. Yep. Totally no doubt. The I think the relevant question is what is the percentage of people that what is the percentage of people that can uh, move up that income mm. uh, strata, right? So on that note, right, that's a big question that this Redditor is asking as well. And I think like he's been, he or she is very nice. stressed out about all day. Nice. <laughs> are quite or stressed out la. about feeling like they are stuck where they are. So they actually wrote that like, all this like feeling like I can never afford the things that I aspire to makes me wonder whether all the talk about being stronger together or renewing our social compact are just rhetorical. So I was wondering, I know what stronger together means, but what does social compact yeah. mean? Yeah. And you might be wondering that. Okay, so today's conversation is a bit deeper and more intellectual than we usually do. But if you want to gain more brain cells through today's episode and more like this, drop a like and drop a comment. Say plus brain cells, plus brain cells. Okay. If not, you only have two more. <laughs> Back to the episode. Does Donovan want to hazard a guess? Ooh. Oh no, do you actually know what the definition of social combat? No, I, I mean, I have a I have a vague idea, right? Yeah. What basically, I mean, my, my guess would be that it's just a community of people that are pulling each other up, right? That if you have a tight social compact, if you have a strong social compact, that means that no one gets left behind. Something something that Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's talking effect. about like what we want to do together as a community, right? Like a sh- how we can form that shared understanding of one another, our roles and responsibilities in cooperating for a common good. It's like a social agreement. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's like social contract, but not not so much transactional. Right. Yeah, so contract feels transactional, but mm. then compact is like we are coming together, we are relating to each other. Right. Yeah, so okay, that's okay. the difference. Mm. A so then, do you all think that this exists in Singapore? Or is there a need of like re-looking at this in Singapore? I uh, think this exists everywhere, but at different scales uh, and within different circles. Because as much as yes, um, it's great that everybody has opportunities and everybody has a chance to like succeed and be successful and find all these things, right? Honestly, right, there is a percentage of human beings 
that don't want this. Don't or, want? Yeah, that they are not real. This is not really what they want. Some people they just think like, oh, I want money, you know. But do you really at the root of it? Like, I think it's very questionable. Some people are not willing to make sacrifices for success. And so if you get put together in like a group project, you're all trying to get the A together, right? But maybe there's that one person that doesn't give a f- or don't want. Mm-hmm. Then how? Mm-hmm. Then you have to drag that person along. I think it's very difficult. And mm-hmm. for that person to then look and blame and say like, ah, I don't have the opportunities. I don't have this. I don't have that. Right? So basically, you're saying the poor is happy being poor, is it? Calm down, sir. I think <laughs> some people. Because right, that that's exactly how the the crazy anti-government people would interpret. Yeah, that, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's exactly how they would read that. I said, are you kidding me? Are you saying the 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 guy who's like collecting the old guy that's collecting cardboard boxes? He wants to be doing that for the rest of his life. Mm. Actually, right? my friend's grandma, yes. Eh. Like my friend's grandma is a cleaner at the hawker center. And a very good one at that. I'm not sure whether good. I never go hawker Okay, for. no, there's definitely external factors that play a very big part, right? And yeah. sometimes it's, it might also be the, the case of like you sway. Not everybody going to get lucky in this life, right? Opportunity doesn't mean that... Sometimes even if you are presented with opportunity, it doesn't mean that you can completely take advantage yeah. of it, right? And on the other end of the spectrum is also that there are maybe years of other events and life choices that affect your path later on. Mm. So as uncomfortable as that is and sad that as that is, it's, it's not, life is not fair. Yeah. yeah. But given that, right, I still think that there is, there is this approach that people can take if they truly wanted to, to, to reduce the amount of external factors that impact their mm. life choices and the things that they want to pursue. But that comes at a very heavy cost, a lot of sacrifice. Yeah, I think it's, it's about having that pathway available for them, right? If you're happy where you are, you don't want to like uh, be rich, be like slog like nine to five, well, probably more than nine to five, nine to nine or something. If you don't want to do that, fine. But if you want to, that path is available to you, right? Mm. Um, and I think that's the, the is, is that so-called, that scope of uh, entry, right? Is that is that available or not to the average person or the people who are saying like, oh, I feel like I'm stuck in Singapore. I can't do anything else that um, I want to do. Oh, I think the problem also is that there are things that they may be good at that just wouldn't compensate or like compensate them in the way that another precisely would. Precisely, mm. exactly, yeah. right? And so that's an argument against the market. That's, yeah. that's mm. not so much an argument against the system as such, yeah. the government, right? Um, the invisible just, hand of yeah, the market. And, and, and that's just an argument against what people are value and are willing to pay for, right? Like going back like to the paper aeroplanes example, I want to fold it, I want to make a living doing it. No one's but gonna who's pay gonna you pay to watch it. That, yeah. Right? I have to actually do something that people are willing to pay me for. Mm. Yeah, but I think if we take this to like say for example, people are willing to pay to watch English football. But no one's willing to pay to watch local football. <laughs> or not enough people, right? And so then the compensation is you, so skewed. Like you have someone like 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 a, a Premier League footballer that earns £100,000 a week versus mm. a Singapore player that earns $2,000 a month. Exactly. Just based on like what the market wants, right? It could be quality. It could be whatsoever. But there's a chicken and egg there that is just... Now if someone wants to be successful in life and is really talented in football but has to choose between football or being an average office worker to get paid more, then they, they may choose being an average office worker and not get the success that they they probably could have been born with, you know? Or even like sense. male versus female footballers, right? Sure. Female footballers get paid so much less. Not right? in the US, but yeah. Exactly, right? Everywhere yeah. else in the world, yeah. 
but but then it goes back to audience size also and and, and things like that yeah. whether people were willing to watch and, right? and just to just to clarify it's no it's no critique against like the talent of like <laughs> female footballers or like singaporean footballers right it's it's uh, it's just the, the reality of the market. <laughs> but do you all think there's like a lack of that opportunity in Singapore, right? To grow and like to explore these different pathways, right? Outside yeah. of school. So say for example, if yeah. I want to be a footballer or what, right? I have to explore that on the side. Yeah. Yeah, mm. almost. But then, I mean like the social, our MOE now and all that, they're also like kind of looking at including different kind of curriculum yeah. in order to expand that. As, so... I think that's kind of interesting. Mm. It's yeah. quite funny that you said that because my my I um I recently visited my my sister and like her nephew right I'm um, sorry my nephew her son and like she was just asking me that um should he pursue uh, A levels music because mm. his teacher is saying that he's really really talented he plays multiple instruments and actually can form a pathway for him to become like a musician a musician slash producer. <laughs> Sorry, where's my English? Yeah, like to to be a, a musician slash producer, producer what, in the future. Yeah, don't But to have actually a career in music in the future, and like she was concerned because it's like, oh, this is like she definitely wants him to pursue something that he wants to be good at. Yeah. And the two things that he's really good at is either music or gaming, and he he being fourteen <laughs> years old, right, has the rational mind to go. You know, gaming is great and I actually prefer it, but it's really risky and like you have to be the top 1%. But whereas mm. music, you know, there's so all these other avenues, you could go into advertising, you go into like so many different stuff. And I was like, you know, like at least he's, he's got a good like head over his shoulder. Yeah. Clear, but I would have chosen Lota. Yeah, right? <laughs> right? So easy to go down that route. But, but like the fact that this was such a novel story to me, right? Mm. Just goes to show how we haven't quite opened up yet. It'd be quite great that more kids are exploring the arts for example, or sports as like a viable career. I think like even when I was in school, right, like the option of doing A-level music was mind-blowing to me. Because eh. I grew, <laughs> like, I mean like, it's, people know that I have a tiger mom, right? So then like, even, you know, so that was- A-level music? Yeah. What the hell is that? I had no idea that was a thing. Yeah. So you take music as one of your examinable, so instead of mm. taking bio, uh, I'm being examined on music. Only? Like no, so no, music no. theory, like one then like playing, oh, yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah, as one subject. So there's theory and practical. So right. easy. No, no, it's quite it, difficult. Oh, it's like them high level one. Right? You, you have to compose and yeah. then you have to like score. So easy. Really? No, A level? Has this had been available all along? Uh, since my, from my time have lah. So oh. it, it was mind blowing because everything you knew up to that point was that like this was just not this, the acceptable not, thing to my family yeah, this is a hobby yeah, yeah but, it's a hobby but it's not just your family right it's your school also your friends my friends were like wah. if you told your friends hey, I'm gonna take music I'm gonna take my examination in music wouldn't they look at you like What's, what the f*** wrong yeah, yeah like you really think you can be the next Taylor Swift man no they were looking at me like that's so cool like that's so fun and like it's something yeah, that yeah. they almost wish that they could do also. yeah but you'll be cool and but unpaid that, that's, so, that's so cool but something <laughs> I would never do that's your narrow definition of success in fact so I, I did IB right uh. and like my IB cohort had maybe like 300 or 400 people I did IB music 6 people in my class out of the 400, everyone <laughs> all, yeah, they all, because you, instead of an art subject, you could either do drama or music, you could take a second science. Right. Everyone took a second science. And where are they now? Doctors. <laughs> They're all very successful doctors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. you can't be a doctor, take music. <laughs> <laughs> I think they all go US, they like, all go like, wow. Yeah, but it's in just the fact that like, even being able to explore this was like, kind of mind-blowing to me. Yeah, yeah. Then, so, for myself also, right, when I told my mom, right, I wanted to go and do media. Boom. So then like, so at first, I told her I want to do communicate. I was in uni. Then I said I want to study communications. Then she, 
She don't understand. Oh, yeah, she, your communication <laughs> failed. <laughs> she, she, I a lot of good that did she say, Smolider. Then she like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. Like, then I like, hmm, how do I explain in Chinese what communications is? <laughs> then like, I, I like, yeah, then I say, it's like, do TV, like do advertising, that kind. Yeah. Then, then she like, why must do, do this that? kind? Like, you know, she, I, this her ironing her clothes. So then she's like, <laughs> why must do this kind? Like, why can't you just go to a normal school like, like people would go to lah? Then, yeah. they, they seem to have a degree for everything now. Yeah, so then I'm like wondering, right? Like, at what point, right, did non-traditional pathways stop stop being viewed as like a death sentence? In mm-hmm. in, like, in Singapore, when it yeah. when it made sense, when it made economic sense, mm. right? No, so, so like, I think... Like, you know, back to the point about like the entryways, right? To, uh, having the entryway, like if people don't want to do it, fine. But if they want to, they should have like a scope and a path available for them. At least, right, for all the criticism against the education system here, at least the Singapore government gives you that pathway. Yeah. Right? They give you those classes. Can you imagine like a country that says, you know what, you're only going to do STEM, right? You want to do arts or what? Uh, f- and that, that would be like way worse, right? Yeah, way yeah. worse. At least it, it, our education system has them. But I think the correct critique of the education system in Singapore, right, is that the government privileges the so-called uh, practical fuse, the STEM fuse, right? Uh, Lee Kuan Yew said so many times that like, we don't want like the philosophers, the sociologists, the artists. We want the engineers, the mm. scientists, up until the point in in somewhere like in the mid two thousands when the Sam Willows came about, <laughs> no, when they <laughs> when they born, house, they when they, when they realized that the arts actually can bring in revenue to the country, yeah, yeah, mm. then they started. Oh, you know what? Now we need to change our path. Now we need to build the uh, what's that freaking building? Esplanade, yeah, the Esplanade. Yeah, now we need to build that. Right now we need to pump like tax dollars into all that. Right, uh, you know so that the Esplanade was meant to be a microphone. Really. Yeah, no, for real, for real? Yeah, for real, for real. What? And Ion is a disco ball, let's not forget that. Okay, anyway. Yeah, continue. Huh. Oh, I need to process that. It's a <laughs> microphone. Yeah. How is it a microphone? It can lah, can lah. If, <laughs> if you look far away, look far away from space maybe. And you screen a bit then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, is it, but, but anyway, the, the point is that like, only when it started making like sense to like, uh, when, when the government can profit from it, when the country can profit from it, right? Mm. Then, Let's uh, open up those pathways. But that's a great thing, right? That that's a form of reassurance or like reinforcement that like actually it is a viable career. But question, right? So I don't think. Okay, I'm not sure lah whether this classifies as the government having, uh, almost like backward like sentiment, right? But mm. it is the fact that during that time period where Lee Kuan Yew was like making these speeches and all that, right? That was what we needed. Mm. But now that like we have shifted, we have developed, we have grown, <coughs> right? Like up the hierarchy, Maslow's mm. hierarchy of needs and all that. Then now we are also able to be promoting this alternative th- alternative pathway. Oh, but back then yeah. it was a necessity. Yeah, it didn't make sense at the at the I mean, stage of development that Singapore yeah. is at. I mean, it's is is a it's a very good point. And you know, these kinds of like counterfactuals, right? You can speculate with it to to the end, right? I mean you could you could point to a country like, for example, uh, South Korea that has never pursued that heavily. <laughs> what? What's there? South Korea. South Korea. <laughs> oh, so they're somewhere northeast. <laughs> you, you could say that like South Korea, right, has never ever pursued that kind of aggressive uh, path which privileges STEM fields. But yet, look where they are. Blackpink! Uh. And, and BTS. They, they right? are one of the most successful culture exporters. Exactly. And, and 
and the government and you could say that like yes maybe we needed to do the stem thing that Lee Kuan Yew did back in the 90s and 80s but then what if we didn't do that and Singapore was something close to South Korea or Hong Kong right mm. you know in the, in the arts industries mm. and you know recently I read I'm, I'm sidetracking a little bit recently I read about like the BTS band having to all go and do their national service mm. yeah two years 18 months like, I thought they could defer that was crazy they already did I think Big Bang had to do it also all of them have to go. Uh, it's consignment, no? Yeah. It no, but career? apparently, even though they're in the army, they can perform. La. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're not really? going to do the chong swa thing, then kind of the face, rubber one, or, you know? I mean, they're going to do slightly more machines in NSA. Yeah, Maybe. Yeah. Trevor Noah was saying, like, which, um, which enemy country would dare to kill BTS? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, their own country would probably be fans that of their is music. True. There is the army. The BTS army. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, yeah. No, but so, yeah, if say Singapore went that route, right, and mm. then we have, like, what? S-pop. Uh. Mm. Like, we have S-pop. It's a possibility. Is it, okay, it probably won't be as big as South Korea because we are a small country. But it might pave the way for... Uh, I mean, it, it might achieve some moderate success, right? Huh. I think and, there and is also, a local example though in, Joseph, like, in Joseph Schooling. Like paving that way. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, it wasn't... Joseph Schooling didn't he go to like the US to train yes. he had to all, right? yeah. he had to yeah. but yeah. the amount of people that signed up for swimming classes after he won really man oh, oh you mean like Schooling paving the success for future oh okay yeah, I see yeah, I see yeah. right. trailblazer yeah. la, for like people yeah. to join that yeah. field but even at even before Esplanade right there was already like music events and all this kind of stuff and people were like they were like the, like the rock Sa. band period you know what I mean metal bands like people still go and do this type of shit already man. but no, it was really there, there was some up, there was some but I think the Esplanade was like the first official massive effort by the government to like really okay this is something we need to do if we want to survive into the the we want to turn yeah. Singapore into a renaissance city it right legitimized it recognized that this yeah. is a proper like um industry of sorts like before this it was like maybe substation it was very ground up like effort yeah. to like yeah. create this show I also think that like with with social media mm. like people are starting to see that eh you can do this weird, weird thing and be successful mm. you can do yeah. this other thing and be successful they are gaining more knowledge and exposure yeah. to a lot of alternative fields and, and, yeah. and career paths and that exactly that gives you the confidence to also pursue these things as well it, it gives you the scope of entry yeah right? Right? which the, I think is like so much previously, you would never be able to monetize that, right? Mm. And now you can. Now you can post like, I don't know, TikTok videos. I mean, this show would never be possible without social media, right? Hey, hey, can hey, you imagine, hey, hey. can you guys imagine like going to Mediacorp and saying, hey, we want to start a new show. We're going to like make fun of this. We're going to say these types of things. They'll immediately just like not accept your license, right? But so now like, they're copying us. So <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, it's so true. Like, it's you... interesting. So yeah, yeah. Now, that, now that they have all these shows, right? Then like even the the so-called establishment has to adapt. Yeah, You could almost say like the early um, YouTube media companies that started like even way before us, right? They really paved the way to monetize YouTube and make it a legitimate business for mm. all of us at the end of the day also. Mm. But I think when we think about, <clears throat> I mean, the, on the topic of like equal opportunity, right? Is it not interesting how, how we view opportunity has kind of evolved? So like back then, I would mm. say, equal opportunity is equivalent to everyone getting to go to school, right? Because that was the necessity yep. of back then. But then now, if we look at equal opportunity, it's the opportunity to be able to do what I want. Exactly. Mm. And, and I think that's testament to how lucky and privileged we are in Singapore also, right? That we can actually, our, our problem is picking what we love to do. Yeah. Not 
surviving, you know. 30 years ago, they'll be like, what in the world are you talking about? But it is true that there are, I mean, clearly, we are speaking from privilege, right? Like, there are people that still struggle with this. Yeah. They don't have that luxury of choice, right? But then, my question is that, why is it up to me to then be in some form or way, right, trying to provide this equal opportunity or set them up or like, Say for example, if like Dan starts a company, that kind of thing, then for his company to not be discriminatory in their hiring, right, when it comes to educational background, that is Dan doing his part, right? right. But do I need to right. be like? Is it my responsibility? When you I, say when you say my, you mean what the government? No, no individuals. individual responsibility. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This one Don will answer, but right <laughs> in my head, what I'm picturing is that if an individual is successful and they start to build something of their own, which is highly likely, right? Then what happens is that it trickles down, right? That success and what they are doing trickles down and then that comes in the form of jobs and all this kind of stuff for people to get maybe like an entry point into pursuing something of the same line or whatever. Right. Is that them then in their own way creating more opportunities for others? I agree with John Paul about, you know, like some people are just like floating and maybe don't want to actually be successful, right? But but for the people who want to, they should be brought along. They should be, but then right. you have the other spectrum where people are selfish and to them, the collective success doesn't matter to them as opposed to the individual success. So you got kiasus, right? That to them is a zero-sum game. I need to succeed because if not, I will lose out if someone else succeeds ahead of me or whatever. Mm. Yeah. And so then that whole system crumbles as well if you have too many people like that as well. Mm. But doesn't the world function on power? That means like every human being in some way or another is pers- in pursuit of power. Right? So you cannot go against that but what you can do is leverage on it right channel that energy uh. yeah that's why like to me if a human if somebody is pursuing a certain amount of success and they have that power to do these things like the person who go and push for the esplanade and this kind of thing right Mm. then that in itself is how it trickles down into then the musicians the independent artists that can then start to do all these things and right but my question is right is that a trickle down or is that a ground up you know what I mean like does this like that group of like musicians that say at substation or whatever they've come together like constantly push for these events right mm. versus like someone at the top that like suddenly have like realizing that okay we can move in this yeah. way yeah. I don't think it has to be that somebody already at the top mm. makes that decision mm. it could be that through your own efforts because you have this vision mm. you pursue it to get to the point where you can push this what I mean by trickle down is not on, on a hierarchy in terms of like the the how do I put it? Uh? Like, a, like a class order kind of situation mm, right. or social order, right. but more of that that one pursuit, the impact it has trickles mm. down the different levels. Yeah. So I mean, like when you're talking about power, it just refers to influence. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess. Right. Yeah. If you're talking about what it takes for the government to impose some kind of uh, top-down, uh, let's do the arts kind of plan, right? Policy plans, right? I would say that yes, it does really depend uh, 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 to a large part on like the grassroots existing movement, right? So the example you can use is, can you imagine trying to impose Catholic values in an Islamic country? It would never ever happen, right? Because the institutions on the ground, right? They are not, uh, ex- they, are, they, are, they, are not they are not just not accepting, but they are like hostile to the values. And same way with the arts, right? How can the government suddenly step in and say, oh, we want to do a arts, we want to turn Singapore into an artistic city when there has never been an appreciation for the arts, when yeah. there has never been, when there has always been this rhetoric, right, that, oh, you know, arts is for like the, the losers, the impractical people, the dreamers, 
So hey, don't share your own personal opinions about us. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean I, I write for a living, right? So I I I I'm tech up more or less also like in, in the same bucket as you yeah, guys. Romantic. Yeah. yeah. And you know like as writers, right, it's extremely hard to uh get paid to do it as well, right? Yeah. You have to be paid peanuts like only like the top guys are uh at like the New York Times or like the big newspapers, right? Mm. Sumiko Tan write lifestyle stuff at Straits Times. And right? lunch with famous people. Yeah, exactly, right. And, and you know, the thing is- Someone is attacked every single time Don's <laughs> answering your question. Yeah. So fop, so fast. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, so the, 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 I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that, you know, it's good that the government is opening up like alternative pathways now, but let's recognize also that you have put a lot of obstacles for the people who uh, now you're trying to prop up for a long oh, time. interesting. But right. maybe it's in recognizing those obstacles that it's trying to, at, at least the U-turns are happening instead yeah, yeah, of Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and I applaud them for that. I credit them for that, right? But you know, like, if you speak to like a, a guy who's who's been doing arts in the Singapore for the past 40 years, he will yeah. tell you, it's like, that should have been the status quo from the start. Yeah. yeah. Right? But better yeah. late than never. Fair enough. <laughs> I think it's, because... As a government and, and and trying to manage, I mean manage like it was such a, a a country to remain competitive, right? You are constantly looking at what are the industries of the future, right? You cannot just look at now. And so, when when they are planning for this, right? I think to me, what makes sense is that let me make sure that the masses are taken care of. And what that means is that if I know that there's a demand or there's a need and a market for these industries and this type of careers. On a more micro scale, like if we look at parenting, like how parents right have kind of imposed what they feel like is best for their child in their growing years, right? Like therefore putting them through their schooling system, making them do certain like enrichment classes from when they are like, I don't know, two years old or baby, right? Yeah. Mm. Like there's that interesting parallel there. And like how do we how do we say that they, that is wrong? You know what I mean? Because now we are saying yeah. that parents mm. shouldn't be able to be imposing what they think is best onto their children. Yeah. Right? But then it is a tried and tested and worked like formula similar to what the government has done over the past few years, right? So then like when we are look, re-looking at this, then how does how does it work? This reminds me of the survey that that came out about essential and non-essential industries and everyone put arts uh. as like non-essential, right? And so like if you have a parent that <laughs> that you hear your kid Sunny wants to pursue the art and you go, the country doesn't even think you're essential and then you want to pursue that, like I can understand as a parent the concern that I will have over a child and like you're going to yeah. spend the rest of your life pursuing a career that you're going to regret in 20 years time. Yeah. Trust me, I have the foresight. I am 20, mm. 30 years older than you. Yeah. I have lived. I have lived. I was you, but now I am this. Wow. Yeah. I feel like we shouldn't stop that, that, that thinking of parents. I think we should just open up parents' mind that actually there are multiple pathways to success. That is not a key phrase that I'm taking over the script even though I feel like it is. <laughs> but like, maybe you have a Maybe maybe we need to maybe, maybe we need to change the whole education system where people pursue three degrees in multiple what? fields. So more studying. Oh my god, I've said this so many times. How I will restructure the education system. Okay, say say system. say one more time, one more time, please. Like, <laughs> if you are fresh out of JC, you are what sixteen? You know, sorry, eighteen years old. <laughs> yeah. You don't know jack shit about life, right? Exactly. You, how are yeah, you supposed yeah. to decide what you want to do, and then you go and commit like 
thousands, tens of thousands of dollars to to do a degree and give away another four years of your fucking yeah. life. Yeah. And then you 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 realize you are not interested in this thing. Yeah. Or you yeah. enter the industry, you don't know what the hell you you're trying to do. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of crazy when you think about it. That way. Yeah. It, it's like signing a bond for for something that you don't know what you're gonna study exactly. for. Yeah, it's like marrying if, someone you only met for two years. Even people choose poly courses, they don't know what the hell they're looking for, you know? Yeah. So in my head, right, if I were to restructure, is that we will have to do at least a year where you cycle through semesters of like, for example, industry uh, internships. You must yeah. do three and then, right, they must be of three different fields, three mm. different industries. So you at least get to dabble a bit and kind of get a better sensing of what these industries have to offer or what it's like. Then yeah. after that, right, then you go and choose some course that you want to go and do. You know what I mean? But yeah. you see, even that, Singapore has turned into a problem because mm. like what, when we talk about that, right, not knowing what we want to do, what's the solution? Internships, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But then now that like internships have become, how to say, like we've put such an emphasis on it, right? Like, yes, correct, we shift towards putting importance on internships, but now it becomes, if you don't have that, then even if you have a degree, that's not yeah. enough. But I, I think the idea is more about lifelong learning where like you create a culture that doesn't shun upon it's okay to, to to change careers. Maybe uh two years I try this, I, I pursue a full-time job because that's my 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 degree, right? right? But actually, you know what? I want to keep learning to do something else. And it's okay to switch jobs every right. once in a while. Like I, I feel like we should we should make that uh, a thing. Uh. I think the role of the education system is like what John described, right? Is you're you're supposed to not try and lock people into one path. You're supposed to keep it broad. Mm. Uh, let them have like a taste of everything. And I think some schools do that with like their general studies degrees, right? Uh, I think internships is a step up. It's probably not ideal, but it's a step up. At least you throw the guy out into like a practical uh, yeah. workforce. And then even though he's like, let's say in let's say he do, does an internship in comms, in the comms industry, but he's also exposed to like sales, he's also exposed to like different fields, right? So at, that's at least better than I think like doing a four-year uh, bachelor's. And and also, I think, you know, the, I mean, I could go on for a very long time on this. <laughs> because I, I, I've, I've spent many hours uh, re- reading and, and like writing on these topics, right? The the whole lens, right? That how, how Singapore looks at like, the education system, right? It's okay if it makes... Uh, profitable sense GDP wise then yes let's open up those pathways right Uh, it's looking through a lens where people don't actually have the right to pursue what they want to do right and if you really respect the rights of people to pursue whatever they want in life uh, regardless of whether it makes them money regardless of whether it props Singapore up to like fame then you have to sort of discard this whole idea of a social impact uh, a social social compact sorry Right, because then you you just fundamentally respect that people do what they want, right? And okay, maybe let's have a safety net for the people who fall below the cracks. But the people who are happy where they are, then you don't you don't try and like uh, tell them that they should go and do something more productive. You don't try and tell them that they are uh, non-essential or whatever. Besides OnlyFans, what is an industry that you know someone wants to pursue but you feel isn't the pathway is not opened up in Singapore? Mm. I mean, to a large extent, I still feel the arts, but that's like a result of like the government pursuing st- privileging stamp use for such a long time, right? Mm. Um, and I mean, just the arts alone, there's like so many subsectors in there already, like writing, music, uh, film. But is that an example of a country who has done that, right? Like mm. what you're talking about, like almost ignoring having a social compact and like letting people do what they want, explore mm. what they want, right? And has flourished in that. Like I, I can I struggle to think of an example. 
I don't think that they... I mean, a government would never completely ignore it. Mm. Because the rules of politics is that you actually have to make sure people don't f- <laughs> die. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so maybe, that's, maybe that's a good thing. That's, that's a, a great motto thing. for any politician. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. Um, and, and, and by virtue of the fact that a government cannot please everyone, right? There are millions and billions of people. It just means that I will be creating policy programs that will uh, privilege some people. Yeah. Right. And and by that very virtue, by the virtue of action, I'm not even talking about what they're doing and whether it's right or wrong. Mm. Just by virtue of doing something, right, you are already privileging people. So you know, you go back to the example of like the parent and the child, right? Mm. I mean, if it's already so difficult for a parent to like control what a child wants to do, can you imagine how much more monumental and controversial the task is for a government to try and say that this is uh, Singapore's way of life is meritocracy and we are going to, everyone's going to embark on this path because we said so, because it's right. Right, that is, if it's already so hard for one parent, then for a country, isn't that like a freaking scandal? Isn't it like <laughs> completely ridiculous that you're trying to like say Singapore goes by ABC values, right? Mm. And you know, this this whole notion of like meritocracy, right? Is, I, I guess, I mean, we, we have been like, dancing around the, the topic about like social mobility and everything and social compact. The whole notion of meritocracy basically says that um, it, I mean it pays lip service to the fact that if as long as you work hard you can make it in life. You can be a politician you can be a successful CEO etc in Singapore. But in practice that hasn't been true because the STEM fields are privileged and the people who are in the arts are marginalised. Right? So I think it's also a subtle point here. I think that the rhetoric of meritocracy is useful because it teaches people to pull themselves up by the bootstraps. But in practice, it will never be possible. But right? is that not where the government comes in with policies, right? That helps to lift the disadvantaged people and kind of like balance out that starting point? Yeah, so it's selective meritocracy or, or either that meritocracy applied at different levels in different intensities and ways. Well, let's say, so okay, for example, now like the government's opening up pathways for the arts, right? Let's say that they throw in a billion dollars into the industry in subsidies, right? <laughs> if you dig through the policy program, you will have to find that, let's say like half a billion goes to the film industry. Uh-huh. But then what types of films? YouTube shorts? Porn. Uh, Jack Neal types of films? Porn? Yeah, porn is, porn is definitely one uh, aspect or so. What kinds of genres? So, you know, you still have to like discriminate and choose like, okay, what kinds of artists are going to get my funding? What yeah. kinds of artists am I going to prop up? Mm. And so, you know, like if you are really, a really, really consistent to the meritocratic philosophy, right? You have to still say that, oh, this is not meritocratic because you are privileging some over others. When in theory, a meritocrat would, you, you would start from an equal starting line. Like, yeah. like for example, a race, right? Everyone starts from an equal starting line. The gun fires, everyone runs off, right? And then the whoever wins that race, you can say that, yes, he is the, as per meritocratic philosophy, the winner of the race is the, is the true winner yeah. of the mm. system. Yeah. yeah. In the example that he gave, right, that in some sense, the government is choosing who to privilege, right? But then, does that not then show people, right, that like, I, I almost have a, 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 a blueprint, like to, I can succeed in this way versus I cannot succeed at all. So like their representation for what it could look like in Singapore. I also feel like, I mean like <laughs> at least some funding, so like you mentioned also, right? Like 
selective meritocracy and its flaws, etc. But I think it's about giving opportunities to certain pathways that may not have been given there in the first place. Because half a billion to the film industry is better than no money going to the film, in, like to the arts industry as a whole, to to prop them up. To me, the the metaphor of the race makes sense as being fair. But if one of them is handicapped, I would want to give them a wheelchair in that race mm-hmm. as well. So it's like it's how do we give certain advantages to people who may be at a disadvantage to begin with? Yeah, but you see, yeah. right? So. I I also agree when when I visualize the race right that you're talking about I see a child I see different genders I see different ages I see everything all kinds of differences right so does meritocracy look like me trying to get everybody like even out before the race even starts right mm-hmm. so if it's a child I add like uh, yeah. wheels on the on the shoe if it's a handicapped person I give them a wheelchair if if somebody like the athlete maybe I don't have to provide any sports shoes but I provide the other person's you know what I mean mm-hmm. like, but you see that's that, a very backward then, way of talking about equal starting point or, or equal opportunity mm-hmm. so like this is something that I've mentioned just now right what you are mentioning is kind of that in the past equal opportunities everybody gets to study so in this case it's everybody gets to race right mm-hmm. but then no, so now that is already done, right? Everybody is, already gets to race. No, but right? what if I don't even want to race? Yeah, maybe you want you to swim. I mean? yeah. no, I think I think what John <laughs> I think what John is saying there is that even if you start at the start, same starting line, yep. you are not really starting at the same starting line, right? Because everyone has different Correct. social backgrounds. Yep. They were raised right. by different families of wealth. And yes, the the, the race analogy is not perfect as well. Yeah. But I I think it's a it's a good analogy to illustrate, right? That the this whole approach of like meritocracy, right, is is it will never be able to please everyone or even close to everyone. Yeah. And and basically I'm going to like show my book now, but then basically what basically what I argue <laughs> they expected my book, it, don't you? Basically what I argue is uh I mean, it's my third. It's my third time here, so I think I've earned some right to show it. No, no, but it's just. It's just <laughs> I've been building up to this moment, but no, basically, it's just an argument, right? So basically, what I think, right, and my co-author, right, we wrote the book together. What we think is that the whole lens of thinking through meritocracy, right, is useless, right? What you should really be thinking through a lens of is social mobility, because, right. No matter how you, no matter what philosophy or political philosophies you say you want to use, it all boils down to the fact is, are the least privileged in society, are they moving up? Are mm. they getting richer? Are they getting, leading better lives? And mm. that, I think, is the, is the true and, and more accurate uh, standard to measure progress mm. uh, or, or even measure like government policies. Uh, buy my book, uh, it's all there. And and honestly, right on on the social mobility point, right? Okay, I'm not an expert on this. Uh, caveat first, but I think that there is strong evidence that there is um, social mobility in Singapore, and the way they sort of like try to measure that is, I mean, there are, there are multiple ways, right? One one way is some of these researchers what they do is that they take a father and son pairs, they take like tens of thousands of them, and then they look at their income levels uh, in different decades. And so if the son is making more money, inflation adjusted, than the debt 20 years ago, 10 years ago, then you can say that there is some social mobility. Right, but if right, right, but right. if they're stagnant, then oh yeah, okay, the, the, the system is not working. There's no mm. social mobility. And the studies that have done this, they do find that the sons are getting richer over time. On average, right? Of course, there's always outliers. You know, like people in the YouTube comments always like to go to the outliers. But on average there is social mobility. Another way you can look at it is 
you just take a very simple look at like the bottom 20% household income in Singapore, right? And then you look at them through different decades. And you do also find that the income levels are increasing. Mm. So assuming, right, that the poor people in that bottom 20% group is also the same in the bottom 20% yeah. group 30 years later, yeah. they are still getting richer. The right? lower trade workers are actually better off than they were 20 years exactly. ago. Yeah. Exactly. So um, a, a multi- variety of studies have confirmed that uh, or at least lead to that conclusion. Um, but you know, like the, the perfect study, right, would be to really track like people, the same person, yeah. right, over f- five decades. I, to my knowledge, there has never been a study done like that in Singapore. If you do that now, you have a great book in 50 years' time. But 50 years later, he might not be alive. <laughs> when I was young, in school, I remember, so like in, in I think grade 8, sorry, sec 2, uh, <laughs> international school, we all had to like, um, we all had a cardboard and then it says that when I grow up, I want to be, and then everyone wrote like doctor, accountant, whatever, right? Know. And I wrote Musician or rock star, I can't remember what it was. Rock star. Rock star is kinda kinda of subjective because you can be a musician and just not make it, right? So I think it was musician. And then I have that photo and I remember that I really wanted to pursue a career in arts, no matter what. And so like I was quite set on like going to to not even like and maybe going to art school or like just like going to pursue that. But then somewhere along the lines I just decided, hey, you know what? This is a crazy, crazy pursuit. What am I doing? It's so risky. It's so, and you so myself, oh, yeah. And in the end, I took a degree in finance. And it's like the most like ah boring. Like who wants to be an accountant? That kind of thing. Oh, and then so that. then after I did my degree, I went three sixty again and went look. I'm not going to pursue a degree in finance. Uh, uh, a career in finance. Uh, yeah, one eighty three sixty is on the same spot. I did a full one eighty. <laughs> cut whatever he said out to make it look good. Um. And so I decided, you know, I'm going to go into like media advertising because like that is my compromise, right? That is the, <laughs> the balance between business M- and musician art. and finance is media advertising. It's exactly that. Like, so it, it's not a 180, like, it's like a 90 degrees. Yes, yeah, you're 90 degrees. After you're 90 again, the other way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. It's like you have to draw a line that's equidistant from the two lines. Mm. Shut up. <laughs> I saw Sully's triangle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, but, but like, I don't think I made, I, I didn't have to make any sacrifices. Like, let's be honest. Like, to be honest, uh, well, I mean, th- there is one. I, I sacrificed what I thought was maybe my dream when I was like sec two, but who knows? I could have regretted that part as well. Right. Um, I have a very similar story from when I was way younger. So I went to a private kindergarten, Ooh, and then like look at you. my mom always says, like she always throws this on me. I spend twelve k a year for you to go to kindergarten, but yeah. Anyway, so then they had <laughs> like this photo taking session, right? When you're in K two, where like you can dress up as whatever you aspire to be. Mm. And then so way majority of people go and dress up as like the lawyer, the doctor, and all wait, that. Wait, wait, in kindergarten? Yeah. I don't even know knew what a <laughs> lawyer is when yeah. I was in. It's really forward planning. Is your parents <laughs> imposing it on the kids? Did you say Eddie, what a special school? Uh? Yeah, special school. <laughs> then so then I told the teacher I want to be a taxi driver. <laughs> nice. Then because like back then, right? Like whenever I see I mean how I explained it was that every time my parents take taxi, my parents just give the money to the taxi driver. Mm. Then like that's so good. Like I drive around all day and then I get money. Eh. Yeah, so you have then, a lot of freedom. You work by yourself. Exactly. Then after the teacher say um, I don't think your parents will be very happy with that. How about you pick something else? <gasps> then after I think 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 right with my superpower brain I say okay Bus driver. Nice. Bus driver takes more people than a taxi driver. And then every time they go in, right, they tong the money inside the, the thing can. Then I'm like, like rich. So then in the end, like they I refuse to change my mind. Lah. So I have a picture like 
you know like the playground, the toing 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 forward yeah, backward yeah, yeah. thing, right? So it has a bus picture. So they let me sit there and take a photo. <laughs> like, my mother completely not happy after I like, go. <laughs> no, but even back then, like you were already thinking about money. Yeah, see, so I think like that's kind of interesting because like I knew. Yeah, I don't know like, whether to praise you or to laugh at you. Yeah, like my <laughs> angle was money, which is that narrow definition of success that we've talked about, right? But yeah. then at the same time, we are talking about alternative pathways. I, I always wish I was born 10 years later or 15 years later because I think like listening to my nephew and nieces now being able to pursue a like career in music or even gaming and it's completely almost acceptable almost acceptable I would say mm. from well, their school our parents say the same thing I, <laughs> no, wish, but I wish I was you yeah no, <laughs> yeah, no, no absolutely, la, absolutely. Wait, so it's easier to be a kid these days your thing no but I, I think right we are quite privileged to have the to view the world through the we have seen the, the world without internet and we've and oh, so the appreciation yeah, we have I, I, is I thought about that before yeah. So, yeah. yeah but the ignorance though is is actually genuinely quite blissful. <laughs> yeah, it's great because like, imagine now, right, like you are 14 and you already love gaming. You know what? I just need a webcam. I start streaming, right? And you never know if you get 100 followers today. Oh, you can do that now, eh? Yeah, but I got no time. I'm like working. Like imagine like oh, school holiday. School holiday, you got two months off, right? And then you try that for the first time and you suddenly got 100 followers. It's small, but you realize like, oh, can I actually pursue this? And if you were early enough in the Twitch game, that's how a lot of like, you watch Team the Tatman or like Nick Merckx, right? All their quality was so bad when they first started. And then now they are the biggest guys that have like 8K, like Do you know who is 4K content? Carl? <laughs> from, from Walking Dead? Mr. Beast. Oh. oh. Carl is, if I'm not wrong, at one point in time, he was the biggest streamer in the world. And he, and he made it there, right? Within a very short span of time. How did he do this? Actually, right, if you go and listen to his backstory, right, he's been doing this for years. There were there was a period of time where he was basically streaming to nobody. Right. Right? But he did it, did it, did it, right? Then after that, then he find ways and opportunity to hack it until he become number one. So mm. he did that by finding a way to get obviously got opportunity mm. to go and be an editor for Mr. Beast or whatever. Then he managed mm. to 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 get his way into the videos. And then finally become somebody and create a name for himself and then build the other thing. So, so what's he mm. now, sorry? He's a fucking streamer. Oh, biggest, right. Biggest, one of the biggest top, top, top three streamers in the Shit. world. Yeah. Like, uh, in my head, that is like, but you don't see the- Yeah, the know? grind lah. Yeah. yeah. Even, it's the same yeah. thing for Mr. Beast. He was like, yeah, for yeah. years, he was just doing whatever, right? Until yeah. finally, that one day, the right idea hit. Yeah. But now, right, I think there's so much opportunity and there's so much money and eyeballs out there to be made, right? That- you don't need to be original. You don't yeah. need to be number one. You can just copy somebody else yeah. and be number 50,000 person who do this, right? And still, and still make a f***ing living. Eh. Oh, but I think the story about, you told about like the YouTuber, right? He, before he made it, he was like just grinding and you had really have no one to, uh, no recognition, no one knows, right? I think that really is what I consider to be successful. When you are grinding and you don't get any um, material success material success or even like gratitude or yeah. even like um, what's the word I'm looking for recognition um, no like just, just like no no one appreciates you lah, but yet you keep doing it <laughs> recognition yeah recognition yeah but um, recognition is like fame right global stage fame. no it's not but like <laughs> I think it's, it's I think that really is like the definition of success for me um and doing it not because you are trying to like impress someone get eyeballs or, or get impress something. someone. Yeah. You just keep doing it. But if you're not getting the result, which is you see, okay, see, uh, so the, the question you're gonna ask is if he doesn't get rich after no, 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 not rich. If I make a video that has zero views, mm. 
is that, but I really enjoyed it and I keep doing this for the rest of my life. Am I successful? I mean, surely I would call the person stupid at some point <laughs> or like he's untalented, <laughs> but yeah. I would still respect the work ethic. But like, because right? we look at like, say MKBHD. But there's clearly right? something wrong with his work ethic. Because there are yeah. more, there's more to making videos than just the videos themselves. Yeah. And if you mm-hmm. don't, are unable to learn that, yeah. then, Cannot, then you then you you're not successful. Eh? Okay. It's like it's like you are a mathematician but you only know plus. Like at the end of the day is is the, is the But I'm happy doing one plus one. That's why that only can plus. But it's the, the time time horizon, right? Because like we look at a lot of the, these successful YouTubers, like MKBHD or Dave Lee or like whoever you just mentioned, right? Like they probably spent three or five full years, right, where they had nobody and they kept pursuing it. And exactly. you talk you, about the definition of like insanity, right? It's like keeping at something that doesn't like affect yeah. any change. Isn't that from Far Cry? Sure. Yeah. No, yeah. Look so, you, you know, have, you, have you guys gone back to see like MKHD videos? Mm. Yeah, it's like so, it's, he looks like a complete scrub in there, right? So bad. And, it was and then, but then you know, the question is then like, why did he keep doing it? YouTube wasn't even a thing. No revenue opportunities. Why he keep doing it? And I, I respect their work ethic. I mean, but of course there is an assumption that you keep doing it, but you must be doing it right or so, right? Yeah, you can't yeah. be a completely untalented uh, idiot, right? Uh, you keep debatable doing- at, at this point, though, in this day and age. I feel like the, the, <laughs> what you are saying, right, is two different things. One is success, one is passion. Mm. One is something that you're willing to suffer for and that's fine. At least you found something that you're mm. passionate about. But success is different because that mm. is measured. But I think mm. for him, like maybe personally, the definition oh. and meshes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's just reality, right? I think at some point, you if you are really not being able to like monetize it, you should stop. And I did too. I worked in consulting. I worked in uh, non-writing uh, areas, right? Um, but... I, I still think that, you know, like even if you stop, you, you you come to the point where, okay, I'm really not making it, I stop. You still have that with you. You still have that. You still can at least reflect and say that, you know what, I tried, I, I did this, right? Compared to the swarm of people out there who all say they want to do it and they have never actually busted their ass to try mm. and do it, right? So you have that over them. And I think that to me, right, is extremely admirable yeah and in fact i find it more even more admirable than the people who make it in, in some sense we, okay, yeah, fair enough yeah. which goes back to, to what you mentioned la, about that that definition yeah. of success for you yeah. so, so then like yeah. in singapore right or like as a society what do you think are like like how can we do better in terms of like recognizing right or opening up these like alternative pathways for people so the, i think something that i mean moe has been doing yeah, is removing yeah. bending right like mm. re-looking at ways that we grade people or like we say what is successful and what is not so I think publications, yeah. media coverage is something that's very helpful for right. many people. Right. Um, like, because it does pull eyeballs, it does bring attention and what that also does is it helps you, it helps you to connect with other opportunities. So like, like for example, like, like we also do um, human stories and micro documentaries on MOSG side, right? And some of the people that we featured with like unique jobs and whatever, after we feature them, they actually get more yeah. clients, you know, like uh, influx, mm. like, they send messages and thank us and, uh, and that's something that we really enjoy doing for people. So, mm. so if you have an interesting story out there, uh, uh, we can cover it, so submit it to us. Yeah, That's but, the best pitch you've done for like submissions. For real, for real, yeah. <laughs> but, but that aside, right, I think, yeah, I think this is something that quite a lot of people like can yeah. can try mm. and, 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 and seek and, and do also. I think, coverage. And, and more yeah. to that, I think is is the attitude change, right? You know, like whatever the government does, right, is still within the boundaries of how the traditional values and the norms and the attitudes that we have. Mm. If people never ever dignify like that, what I was talking about, right? Like they're just being able to do and uh, you don't ever dignify that. Then the government, there's only so much the government can do. 
The government mm. cannot, like what I said, right? You can't impose like Christian values onto an Islamic country. You need to do, whatever the government does must already fit somewhat into the attitudes on the ground. Yeah. I think two things for me. One is that like, I think you should show that support through, through, through your dollars. I think like if you really enjoy something, like say for example, you really enjoy the art and you really like the play, for example, pay fair value for it. I think too many people in Singapore, not just Singaporeans, but whoever live here, right, are too used to finding a good deal. And every time, every time we hear that it's local, we always expect a local discount out of that. Mm. And if it's good and it's something that is a new industry or whatever, support it with your dollars. Like, I think pay for it, don't expect like a good deal. I think the second thing is that there are other things you can do for free. Um, liking a photo is free and you have a friend that is pursuing their own business or like career and something else. And they just need they just need a like so that the algorithm like the algorithm will help up. them push it to other people. That like is free. You don't have a limited number of likes. Just it help. really is free. You can try. There's one here. You just click. So the subscribe yeah, button also free also. Anything. Yeah, your bank never charge. There is a join <laughs> button which you can pay for, which is fine also. But you don't have to do that. Um, but yeah, like there's there's so many things that you can do to like actually support. Um, and again, like it's it's down to the market, right? Well, obviously, we don't want to influence the market too much because demand and supply helps it keep it sustainable. But there's also all these small little things that you can do to help. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. it kind of goes back to what we're talking about also. Like, how mm. willing are we to make some sort of a sacrifice, right? To be able to provide everyone that equal opportunity. That's what a social compact mm. is. Right? Yeah. Mm. Okay, so once again, thank you to Forward Singapore for being our partners for this episode. We've talked about certain things in our society that we feel like needs to change and come up with some like solutions hopefully maybe <laughs> and like the role that we can play in helping others these conversations that we've had right are conversations that Forward Singapore wants to start like to talk about like what are like our visions for a future Singapore and how we can work towards that together so there will be a link down below in the description www.forwardsingapore.gov.sg so you can join the conversation there thank you for watching see you in the next episode like share subscribe bye bye and thank you Donovan for being here with us and Really Don't sharing yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting Liking things. is free, remember? Buying his book is... Yeah, it's like Kino Korea. Not Are free, your book free? Not free, but support, support your dollars. local. <laughs> the book will free your mind. <laughs> nice. <laughs>